Hello, and welcome to the Revive Church podcast with Pastor Todd Mazingo. I'm your host, Paul Garner. Thank you for listening today. Just as with the Israelites, God has given us a destiny to inherit. This is not salvation. This is the kingdom of God. Even though God had promised the land to his people, they still had to go in and claim it, fight for it, and develop it. We too are God's people and have received, a sal- have received salvation by faith in Christ. But we still have work to do to bring the kingdom of God into this world and take territory for that kingdom in Jesus' name. Well, just like the people of Israel, we can be slow or reluctant to take the territory that God has already promised to us. Pastor Todd teaches us from Joshua 13. Joshua is old by now and still the people have not fully taken the promised territory. There were still seven of the twelve tribes who had not yet moved into their destiny. They have not possessed the land that God has already promised them. So the important question is, what were they waiting for? And what are we waiting for in taking territory for the kingdom of God? Are you ready to get into it? Be sure to listen to the end for some important information. All right, y'all ready to get into it? I hope so, because today I'm going to raise more questions than give answers. All right, and and it's intentional. There's some questions that we need to be asking ourselves, and so my goal is to uh, get us to ask those questions, and I've titled this message, What Are You Waiting For? What are you waiting for? Here's the scene for our scripture today. Joshua has taken the people into the promised land, and they begin conquering the promised land. And that promised land in scripture, uh, for you and I, the parallel is not entering into heaven, it's entering into the kingdom of God. In other words, once we enter into the kingdom of God, we have entered into our promised land. How do I know that? Because I was raised on songs that talked about crossing over into heaven and into Beulah land and Canaan land and all those songs. If you familiar with those hymns and they were all confused because when those people crossed the Jordan River they had to fight to gain their territory and so we're talking about entering into the kingdom of God and fighting to gain the inheritance and territory that God has given us I say that because it's going to mean something later so God tells Joshua each of your tribes and territories need to or each of your tribes need to claim a territory But at this point in the story, not all of the territories have been claimed. In other words, some of the tribes have not taken the territory that was for them. And in Joshua 13, verse 1, our story starts like this. Now Joshua was old and advanced in years when the Lord said to him, you are old and advanced in years. I'm glad God (laughs) clarified that. Just in case you didn't know... And very much of the land remains to be possessed. So God says, I am here to drive out the enemies, but you are supposed to be possessing this land. And there's portions of this land that have not been possessed. It's your inheritance, but you're not going for it. It's there for you to take. What are you waiting for? 
And then in Joshua chapter 14, uh, Caleb comes onto the scene with, I think is just a beautiful statement. In verse 10, now behold, the Lord has let me live just as he spoke these 40 years from the time the Lord spoke this word to Moses when Israel walked in the wilderness. And now behold, I am 85 years old today. Joshua, uh, Caleb is in the promised land and he is 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was the day that Moses sent me in as one of the 12 tribes, uh, one of the 12 spies. Caleb came in, spied out the land. We're now 40 years later. He's now 85 years old. And he says, I'm still as strong as I was there. My strength was then, so my strength is now for war, for going out and coming in. Now then, give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that Anakim were there. Anakim are giants. Anakim were there with their fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me and I'll drive them out as the Lord has spoken. I love Caleb. I love Caleb because he's 45 years old in the desert. He goes in and he says, this land we can take and the people of Israel decide not to. And so he has to wait in the desert for 40 years. He goes into the land. Now he's 85 years old and he says, I know there are giants in there, but give me that territory. I'll go clean it out. I love that guy. Joshua chapter 18. Joshua now addresses the entire community that their territory is still available. Then the whole congregation of the sons of Israel assembled themselves at Shiloh, and they set up the tent of meeting there, and the land was subdued before them. There remained among the sons of Israel seven tribes who had not divided their inheritance. So Joshua said to the sons of Israel, how long will you put off entering? and take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you. Provide for yourselves three men from each tribe that I may send them, that they may arise and walk through the land and write a description of it according to their inheritance. Then they'll return to me. So let's go back and grab the big picture. All of these people were once enslaved in Egypt. A savior, Moses, came and delivered them through the plagues out of Egypt with all of its spoils, took them out of bondage, and Moses intended to lead them into the promised land. So he sends the spies over, and they reject and say, there's giants there. We shouldn't go in there. Because of a lack of faith, they end up spending 40 years in the desert. And Moses doesn't get to go in because he struck the rock. Uh, They struck the rock a second time. And if you're ever confused about what the issue was there, that God was so mean that he struck a rock and didn't speak to it. And that's why he didn't go in. You have to remember that Jesus is the rock and the rock only gets struck one time for all of mankind. So the living water flowed and Moses was not supposed to strike it, but to speak to it. So Moses doesn't go in. They sit in the desert there for 40 years. And finally, it's time for them to begin to take their inheritance and they move into the land, but there's a problem. There remained among the sons of Israel, seven tribes who had not divided their inheritance. In other words, there was more to do. There was more inheritance that was given to them that they had not laid claim on. What is their situation? Over half of the tribes, listen to me, were content with where they were. They were content. Whoa. They were content still living in someone else's land. 
I want you to think about that. They were content that this is not mine. This is someone else's and I'm just remaining here. They'd rather be in someone else's land than to take the land that was already given to them. They were content. They were not going for all that God had for them. And they had not claimed what was already theirs. I see a situation here of no passion to keep going, no passion for the more, no desire to get everything that was theirs, no ambition to get the fullness of what God was offering to them. Why? Why were they in this situation where they weren't moving forward? Actually, Joshua tells us in 18.3. So Joshua said to the sons of Israel, how long will you put off? Everybody say put off. How long will you put off entering to take the possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you? They were putting it off. This is what Joshua says. You guys are putting it off. You're not going for it. What are the implications of that statement that you're putting it off? That it's there and it's waiting for you. But for some reason, you're delaying and not going to get it. It's yours. It's your possession but you're putting off going and claim it. God has given it to you to possess as a gift and you won't go receive the gift. And what you've done is decide to procrastinate and be happy with where you are. Huge implications for their life and what was promised to them. And I'm saying today, there are huge implications for us as believers and us as a church if we put off going after what God has already given us. I I would want you to ask yourself individually and as a church, some of these questions. What has God promised you that has not come to pass yet? What does scripture say is yours, but you don't have it yet? What has God already given you, but you're not using it yet? What is the Holy Spirit telling you is available for you to go after? Do you have the faith to believe that what scripture says is yours is actually yours? Are you content with where you are in your spiritual walk or do you want to go for more? And are you waiting for things in the spirit and procrastinating and putting them off or are you pursuing them? Matthew 10, 7 and 8, Jesus tells his followers this. And as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he gives them a command that later he tells them, go and teach everybody what I have commanded you. And here's what he commanded. He said, go heal the sick, go raise the dead, go cleanse the leper and go cast out the demon. Freely you've received, freely give. I'm just going to ask a blunt question. not going to ask you to raise your hand, nod your head, wink at me, anything like that. You answer these for yourself. Have you as a believer ever seen a demon leave a person? Have you ever heard an angelic voice in song? Have you watched a dead person be raised from the dead? Have you seen a lame person get up and walk or a blind person see or a deaf person hear? Have you led anyone to Christ directly? Do you know that true fact in Christendom is that 84% of the people have never led anyone to Christ. 84% of believers have never led anyone to Christ. Have you prospered in your life with joy and peace? Have you used a spiritual gift for the common good of the body? Have you captured an amazing marriage? 
Have you prophesied about the God that you serve? Have you prayed in tongues? These are all things that are promised to us as a believer, but we got to go get them. We can't put it off. We can't decide one day I'll share the gospel with somebody. One day I'll, I'll, I'll cast a demon out of some note. One day I'll pray for the sick. I think we all know sick around us. Our inheritance in the kingdom of God looks like this in Galatians 4. Now I say, as long as the heir is child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he's the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the day set by the father. So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. Your heirship is secure in Christ. He has sent his son so that you could step into the kingdom and to be an heir of the kingdom. You've inherited the God's kingdom. You are no longer a slave to an enemy. You are a child of God. You have entered into the kingdom of God and you now operate under that. You are joint heirs with Jesus Christ and you can now possess what he has given you freely as an inheritance. Are you with me? But there's so much they haven't done yet. And so Joshua had a solution for them. I want to get you guys moving. So he says this, provide for yourself three men from each tribe that I may send them, that they may arise, walk through the land and write a description of it. Don't miss this. According to their inheritance, then they shall return to me. What does Joshua say about the fact that they've been putting it off? What does he say about the fact that they're procrastinating? He says, it's time to make a plan. It's time to make a plan. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go in and I want you to define what is yours so we know what it is you're going to take. Define what you want. Define where you want your spiritual walk to be. Define the limits, but make sure that you encompass the entire territory that God has offered to you. I'll say it this way. An unexecuted plan is an idea. And an unexecuted idea is a dream. And a dream is something you do in your sleep and you cannot execute a plan in your sleep. Oh, you wanted to write that down. Let's do it again. (laughs) An unexpected plan is an idea. An unexecuted idea is a dream. A dream is something you can do in your sleep and you cannot execute a plan in your sleep. So what did Joshua have them do first? He asked them the question, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? If there is more out there that God has to offer you and to offer us, what are we waiting for? What are you waiting for? I'll get ahead of myself, okay. If you don't have all that God has said in his word that you should have, what are you waiting for? Don't expect it to come to you. Oh, this is a big deal because I think most believers are like, well, 
I hope something happens. I'm ready for what's next. Maybe God will give me revelation. Maybe something. And he's saying, knock, ask, seek. If you want the atmosphere around you to change, change it. If you want your prayer life to change, change it. If you want your authority in Christ to change, change it. If you want more faith, you have to step out in faith. You cannot pray in more faith. You got to step out in faith. Uh, 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 uh. So let's ask the question, what's holding us back? What would be holding a believer back from pursuing everything that God has for them, everything that he's promised, all this authority and this ability and this, this ability to cast out the enemy and take a terror? What holds us back? I think, first of all, fear. Fear. Fear holds me back. And let me tell you what the fear is. It's the fear of not succeeding and then somehow deciding you're unworthy before God because you didn't succeed. I can't pray for this person who's sick and expect them to be healed because if they don't get healed, then I look at myself and say, I'm unworthy to pray for healing. Can I just put you at ease? It was never your responsibility to do the healing. So you don't have to take the blame. I prayed for hundreds of people that didn't get healed. And what do you know? Hundreds of people that got healed instantly. I don't know the difference all the time. Sometimes there's something going on in their life that's preventing it that they haven't divulged to me, so we haven't been able to deal with it, so they get to stay in that place. But if I let fear hold me back, you will... What is it they say in basketball? You miss 100% of the shots you don't make. I think another thing that holds us back, truly, I think this is tough because I think you can go both ways on it. Dignity. I think in the American culture, we are so dignified. We're afraid to dance. We're afraid to shout and jump a pew. Uh, We're afraid that maybe someone would look at us and say, you're one of those crazy charismatic people. I'm like, fine, but I can heal you. You want it? I think another thing that maybe comes along is our own experience. I don't want to try it because I don't know for sure and I'm afraid to take that risk. And so I, listen to me, the first time I delivered someone from a demon, it scared me to death. I had no idea I was delivering them from a demon. I just prayed it and said, whatever this is, it's got to go. And when it went, we all knew that it went. And I was like, whoa, you know that, you know that phrase fight or flight? Man, it was that kind of an instance. I said, get out now. And all of a sudden, this thing growled at me and looked straight at me. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I stirred something. (laughs) But when it left, I recognized I I have authority over this. These things can't stay. I think oftentimes faith is about flying on VFR. You have no idea what that means. Okay. So if you're a pilot... You know what VFR is. It's visual flight recognition. In other words, I'm flying based on what I can see. 
I am flying my plane and I see the runway and I'm coming down to the runway and I'm landing the plane. I have a buddy named Ricky Raleigh that taught me all about this because one day we were flying and all of a sudden a huge cloud thing came in over the airport and we could not see the runway. So we had to do something called IFR, instrument flight rating. What does that mean? It means now I can't see what's ahead of me. I have to trust in the gauges on the dash. The gauge on the dash tells me how far I am off the ground. The gauge on the uh, gauge on the dash tells me where I'm lined up. And so no longer am I seeing (laughs) because faith is the evidence of things unseen. Because now all of a sudden, I got to just say, that's what the word of God says, so I'm going to do it, whether I've seen it or understand it. And maybe, maybe there's a piece of that that is a lack of knowledge. I don't mind saying this. Uh, Sons of Sceva had a problem with the lack of knowledge. They didn't know what their authority was. You can get yourself in trouble. But the question is, are you going to go learn? Are you going to put off learning so you can use a lack of knowledge as an excuse? Mm. Maybe there's a lack of being led by the Holy Spirit. Maybe I want to figure out everything in my head and it has to make sense to me before I can walk in. And I can just tell you God does not make sense. There are times when he says to do something, you're like, you're, yeah, wow. But if I'm led by the Holy Spirit, somebody just told me a story this week about being in a store. It was you, wasn't it? You were in a store and, and, and you were told by the Holy Spirit to go ask that person if they had a church. Uh, I was asking where a tool was. Yeah. And the Lord said, man, she's got a sweet spirit, right? Yeah. So the Lord tells you she's looking for a church. And you went right over and spoke to her, didn't you? No, I didn't. No, you didn't. (laughs) What happened? A half hour later, later, you came back. You were checking out, and she was there again. The Holy Spirit wasn't giving you a break, putting her in front of you again. Yeah. And you went and told her again. And she said, we were looking for a church. Come on, man. That's just being led by the Spirit. I want you to hear, I don't, many of you probably couldn't hear that, but he was in a store. He was told by the Holy Spirit to ask that person if they were looking for a church. He didn't do it. He went away. He came back across her path later. Finally, Holy Spirit tells him again, tell her she's looking for a church. He does. She responds, we've been talking for the last two weeks about trying to find a church. Now listen to me. If you don't ever take the risk... If you don't ever take the risk, there is no reward. You will miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Are you willing to make a plan to get what God has promised you? There was an inheritance there that was theirs, and they just never took it. How are you going to make a plan and pursue what God has for you? Are you going to get to the place where you can learn? Are you going to press into God? Are you going to read the scripture? Are you going to ask the Holy Spirit for revelation? Are you going to ask for the gifts that you're not operating in? Are you going to get a mentor? Not me. Are you going to get a mentor? I think there's too many people that are waiting for it to come and don't realize God is waiting for you to knock and to seek and to ask. I want to show you this because I grew up in a denomination that was against tongues. As a matter of fact, what they said about tongues is those are from the devil. And until I understood this scripture, I believe that. Luke 11, 9 through 13. So I say to you, and it will be given to you. 
Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks, it will be open. Now suppose, watch this, one of your fathers is asked by his son for a fish. Everybody say fish. fish. Will he not give him a snake instead of a fish? A snake. Everybody say snake. snake. Will he? Or if he asks for an egg, everybody say egg. Will he not give him a scorpion? Everybody say scorpion. Will he? Then you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Now, here's what I want to show you. I always pondered this thing and wondered, you know, if your son asked for something to eat, like a fish or an egg, why in the world did he use snake and scorpion? Why didn't he use a rock or a tree? I, I don't know. It's because the son asked for a fish. He says he's not going to give you a snake. He asked for an egg. He wants something to eat. He's not going to give you a scorpion. What he's going to give you is the Holy Spirit. Why? Because snakes and scorpions are demonic in Scripture. What is Satan? He is the serpent in the garden. If you go to the book of Revelation chapter 9, it says the scorpions were working for the serpent. So what is he saying? He's saying if you ever go ask the father for something, you will not get something demonic. So when I went to ask the father for tongues, he cannot give me something demonic. He will not do that. What does he give me instead? He gives me the Holy Spirit. Whew. So let's look at those words, ask, seek, and knock. Those are all action words. Let's go back to fourth grade, okay? Action verbs, action verbs. So ask, what today is your question of God? What are you asking for? What do you want in the spiritual world? What have you not experienced yet? What is it you're going to ask? I'm going to make a plan to ask God for this. And then he says to seek. My question for you is, what are you looking for? What are you going to make a plan to go look for? What are you looking for? Are you looking for it in the flesh realm? Are you looking for it in the spiritual realm? And then he says, knock, and the door is going to be open. There is always something that is not where you are on the other side of a door. Pretty complicated, isn't it? So if I want to be in a place that I'm not today, I have to go through a door. What ministry are you waiting for? Why have you not knocked on that door? Where do you want to be in your walk? Why are you not knocking on that door so you can enter into that place? My point today, what are we waiting for? Four, you know, next week in this house is something we've experienced before called the Word Spirit Power Conference. I'm not going to show up next week hoping something might happen. I'm coming to this place next week because the Holy Spirit is going to move in this house. 
I'm making a plan to be here because he will be here moving in power and I want to be in that power. I want to be in that presence. I want to claim what is mine that I have not received yet by making a plan to go after. Do you believe that God wants you to have more than you have today? Do you believe that you can prophesy, that you can speak in tongues, that you can get a word of wisdom, that you can get words of knowledge, that you can heal the sick, that you can raise the dead, that you can cleanse the leper, that you can cast out demons. If you don't believe that, why not? Why not? It's a promise laid out for you in the word. Revive church. There is more for us than we've taken. There is more territory for us than we have claimed. And other churches, no disrespect, let me say that to the camera. No disrespect to other churches. But this is a Caleb church. We don't care about the giants. We're going after the territory. How does this end? How does this story with Joshua end? It actually ends in Joshua 1851. These are the inheritance with Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the heads of the households of the tribes of the sons of Israel distributed by Lot in Shiloh before the Lord at the doorway of the tent of meeting. Watch this. So they finished dividing the land. They finished. Here's what I'm saying. It can be accomplished. You can get all of your inheritance. It is there for you. And everything God had for them in the way of the land of inheritance, they claimed it. They took it. We can all become all that God has for us to be. We can take the territory that he's given us and we have an opportunity to go for it or we can put it off. And we can be asked, why are you putting it off? Why don't you go for it? I refuse to be stuck here for 40 more years. I refuse to watch God give the territory to someone else because we didn't go after it. I refuse to let the enemy have territory that we didn't take. And I refuse to let what God has given to us go unclaimed. Well, what did you think? Has God been speaking to you about any of these things? We would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at reviveusnow.com. What if, in our attempt to get something from Scripture, we are missing the point of that Scripture? What if in our desire to do better and walk our Christianity more closely in line with Scripture, we are missing what the Scripture is about? Pastor Todd's latest book, Flip the Script, takes a fresh look at what the Scriptures are meant to teach us about the Kingdom of God so that application comes from spiritual understanding instead of behavior modifications. This new book is available now on Amazon, Flip the Script. This podcast is brought to you by Revive Church of Stewart, Florida. You can learn more about us at our website, reviveusnow.com. If you would like to support this ministry, go to our website, reviveusnow.com slash give. If you live in our area, or are planning a visit to our area, we would love to have you join us. We are located at 8851 Southwest Old Kansas Avenue, Stewart, Florida. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not click to subscribe right here on the podcast site of your choice. That way you won't miss any of Pastor Todd's and Revive Church's future podcasts. Thank you for joining us.